You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today, we're talking about how to free yourself from yourself. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? How the heck are you? James Wedmore here, your host here on the Mind Your Business Podcast, where for the past, oh gosh, I don't know, four and a half years, maybe five, depending on when you count the beginning, that first episode, four and a half years, shared over 300 and something episodes with you, our loyal, extraordinary listeners, as how us as entrepreneurs can continue to grow and evolve from the inside out so that we can, hey, make more money, have a bigger impact, do more awesome stuff. And this is a really special episode because I'm coming up here on the three-year anniversary of episode 114, which has become quite the infamous episode here on the Mind Your Business podcast. Episode 114 was the first time that Mr. Jim Fortin came on the show. This episode, 114, I forget the title, it's how to reprogram your subconscious mind for lasting success, something to that effect. Jim came on fall of 2017, three years ago. That episode quickly rose to the ranks as the most downloaded episode, still is the most downloaded episode, 70 to 80,000 downloads that one episode. He tells me today, he still gets listeners reaching out to him who have stumbled upon that episode and the impact it's had. Most of you have listened to it. If not, I'll link it up to go listen to it after this. Really exciting how this all unfolded. You know, Jim was kind of this behind the scenes person working people one-on-one, helping them. And he posted in a Facebook group, kind of like a poll or a question, This is in 2017. He goes, hey, guys, curious. I'm thinking of creating some training around subconscious reprogramming or selling persuasion influence. Everyone in the group starts saying, can't sell this intangible reprogramming mumbo jumbo stuff. You got to be talking about sales, money, dollar bills, y'all. And it was really funny because I don't really engage in a lot of groups and all that stuff, you know, just like the hermit here, that I, the social hermit. But I saw that post and I didn't know Jim very well. We'd talked once or twice, kind of bumped into each other virtually. And I immediately was like, this subconscious reprogramming stuff is going to be amazing on my show. My audience is going to love that. So I sent him a private message and I was like, hey, I know everyone's kind of leaning in towards this selling stuff, which is, you know, also would do amazing not to negate that, I said, but I think my audience would be really interested in this. Would you be interested in coming on to my show? And it was September, well, it was the end of August. I think we aired the episode at the beginning of September of 2017. He agreed, he came on. I remember getting off that episode, going into the other room in the office and telling the team, I'm like, I think this is gonna be a really good one. <laughs> yep, I was right. And I also really stuck with me a lot of what he shared. 
So I reached out to him. I followed up with him and I said, hey, would you be interested in all taking me on as a client? And he said, yes. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> and so we started working together. And it was really beneficial for a lot of reasons. And the business went from two to $3 million by the end of the year. So I started coaching with him and we added like a million dollars in just a couple of months. And then that next year with the tools that Jim gave me, I used those tools and took the business to over $9 million. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, let's see, that was last year. And you know, I understand it's easy to get caught up in numbers and all that stuff. And that's not the point. The point is, is that when you have transformational growth, a lot of times, especially when we're transforming from the inside out, it's not always something tangible that others can see. But when we're entrepreneurs in our business and your business is a reflection of you, when we grow, we can measure and see and experience a lot of that growth. So it's not about James made more money, though that means he's happier or something like that. No, it means that's the byproduct of my own growth. And I learned a lot. I grew a lot. And what we decided to do as a three-year anniversary is to reflect back on that episode and pull out some of the clips with a little of James Chitty Chat commentary. I don't know. I don't know what else to call it. Chitty Chat? Does that work? And kind of discuss a little deeper some of these points because even Jim talked about inviting people to re-listen again and again. And you'll understand why as we progress through this episode, why you should do that with anything that really starts to resonate with you because it's like reading a book a second or a third time. You're not the same person when you reread it. You're going to experience something new. And so to come back three years later and have me re-experience and re-listen to this information from a different vantage point with a different identity, with a different point of consciousness... There's going to be a lot of value as we go through this. Now, Jim also mentions his brother-in-law, who's a shaman. A lot of you might be asking, what is a shaman? I think we can offer another, maybe another label, like a spiritual guide, a spiritual master for those that are seeking more guidance on their spiritual path. He comes to be someone that assists with that. Okay. He's not a business owner. <clears throat> so he doesn't have like a social media presence. He doesn't have a website. People will ask Jim and, and I ask myself all the time, like, well, what's his website? And, you know, like, what's his social media? It's like, no, no, no. This is somebody who lives in solitude, like a hermit in a way. I don't know. I feel like that word has a negative connotation or something, but no, just a lot of solitude. Uh, it's not a business, you know? If you like think about like a medicine man in a, you know, ancient tribe or whatever, they're not doing that to profit, they're not like setting up shop and whatnot. So I mentioned him because Jim mentions him a lot, his brother-in-law a lot for the past, well, it really started connecting with him five years ago, but in the past two years now, uh, I've been working with him very extensively and has been extraordinary. And so all this has unfolded in these past three years. And we thought, what a fantastic opportunity to revisit some of these points that were brought up in this episode. Because when Jim says he's been doing this work for 20 years, he's been doing this work, working very closely with Don Javier, his brother-in-law, the shaman, for over 20 years. And for people that don't know, he mentioned it in the episode, Don Javier is the person that is being, I don't know, for lack of better words, represented in the classic Carlos Castaneda books that were released in the, in the 70s, uh, 60s, 70s, something like that. Some of you have read those, but that's him. That's real. Or parts of it, you know, it's 
turned it's like historical fiction in a sense i guess is the best way i could describe it right but really powerful so you know a lot of what jim shares comes from that those 20 something years of that experience and now i've had the privilege and the opportunity to to have a lot of the those teachings as well and so i just kind of thought what a powerful opportunity to reflect upon this so we're going to get into this. Again, this is episode 114. So what I encourage you is at the end of this to go through and listen to that episode in its entirety. Jim talks fast. You know, he's, he's a funny dude. <laughs> Just very fast. And you got to, you know, maybe re-listen to a few parts. But I'm different. I like to slow down. I like to go deep. I like to wade in the pool of a piece of knowledge and just really chew on it a few times. And so that's what I wanted to do here. So let's get into it. You know, there was a lot of things discussed in that episode and you can see layers and layers to it. But one of the core pillars that was discussed was this concept that seemed to be very mind-blowing for a lot of our listeners when they first heard it, which is identity. And identity, we'll go into his description and definition of identity in a moment. So, you know, we'll hear that. But identity is a really big piece because the argument is made, as you'll hear, that you know, we're really making the decisions from, the actions from, the behaviors of, from our identity. And why this is such an important piece of the conversation, and it's always an important piece to come back to, is that identity is who we come to say we are. Who are you? Who are you? And what we say and what we feel and what we hide we try to hide from the world. This isn't, I am worthy. So, well, you know, if you're trying to prove that, then, then you really believe you're not. That comes to be, by and large, our identity. And it's the identity that is filtering <laughs> what you hear, what you don't hear, where you put your attention, creating your beliefs, affecting your actions, your decisions, and therefore, ultimately, your results. But most people, myself included, I'm not, you know, free of this because I'm human. <laughs> the last thing we want to do is look in the mirror. When things aren't working in our lives, we look to blame. We look to justifications and reasoning. Why it's not my fault. Why I couldn't have anything to do with me. And so, yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow, but this is where I say, like, the hard work, this is the hard work, folks. That's why it's not the, like, go, 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 3D efforting. That's the hard work. This is the hard work. It's a really hard work to take a good look in the mirror and ask that question that Jim shared in the episode. Who am I and who have I been who is the being that created this. So I thought a great piece to start would be to share a little bit of Jim's perspective on how identity really gets formed. Going back to the identity, which is such a huge piece, I want to see if you have any insight into like when and where those identities are created. Absolutely. And then there's years of research done on this, however, is it happens actually before we even actually exit the womb. Oh, Babies, wow. infants can hear in the womb. 
And there's all kinds of research on this now. But, you know, if parents are fighting and screaming all day long in the later stages of pregnancy, mm. the infant hears that. The infant picks it up. And that's the kind of world that an infant's been born into. But we learn our minds, even though we don't recognize it as human beings and adults, the second we pop out of the womb and our eyeballs open and our ears open, we become video cameras and we absorb everything around us. There was a German psychologist and Aristotle said something similar, but a German psychologist said, give me a child until the age of eight and I will own him for a lifetime. (laughs) Why? Because we become who we are in our very formative years, watching gender roles, watching our parents. I want to be like daddy. I want to be like mommy. These are all the things we're taught as very small infants. We have a mutual friend, Brandon, and Brandon's, you know, a new father. His son's, you know, three now. And I even texted him recently. He was sending me some pictures of he and his son having a good time. And I said, you're teaching your son how to be in the world. So we learn this at a very early age. That's why, for example, those of us, for the most part, not entirely, but generally speaking, those of us that are Democrats had parents that were Democrats. Those of us Republicans had parents that were Republicans. Those of us are poor had parents that were poor, and those that are rich had parents that were rich. Yeah. We learn to perpetuate what we learn, which becomes our self-identity very early. The first, actually, they say the first three years of life, our identity is pretty much already set in stone. Now, most people live their entire lifetime with that identity, never realizing they can change it through unconscious or subconscious, whichever word you choose, reprogramming. You change the programming and the outcome on the outside changes. But most of us bitch about our outcomes because we don't know any differently. Our world is bad and I want to change my world, not realizing that it comes from the subconscious programming. Okay, it's fascinating, right? And I've known a lot about this for a long time. And so even just to pause there. And start to look at your environment. You know, we're like the product of our environment, our upbringing. And it's not to blame. It's not to not take responsibility. You know, it's my parents' fault. But there may be an opportunity for you to look back at your childhood, at your environment and your upbringing. And begin to look at what identity got formed then. What rules and structures and beliefs got formed then that has you feel like this is just how I wound up. I like to question everything. That's one of my strengths is I question everything. In my own thoughts, my own beliefs, the own way I do things. I've had working with Don Javier, my, a lot of my own structures challenged and turned upside down like a freaking snow globe. When you're hanging out with him, this is an example. I'll probably turn this into another episode because it's a whole other topic. What time do you go to bed? What time do you wake up in the morning? Oh, you're a morning person? Oh, you're a night owl? Says who, right? And when you have that all shaken up, holy cow. And I did. When I spend time with him, I'm with him until four or five in the morning. So you can imagine waking up six, seven in the morning, going all day and then not going to bed until four and five in the morning the next day. And then you wake up and you're like, maybe I had like five hours of sleep the next day and it's already 10 or 11. And that starts to challenge your routines. That's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing to not become as I found myself in a way, like giving my power to these status quos of, you know, you need to be a morning person or the early bird gets the worm and all those types of things. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying, do we just blindly trust and put our faith into these things? So I've had a lot of my own structures broken away, which is actually very, very freeing. So to even with this 
pinpointing where this identity, you know, starts to get formed, these decisions we make about how the world is, how we are, who we are at just a young age, how we follow and model our parents or our primary caregivers and the, you know, the big people, we're these little people and these are big people. Okay, this is the way to do things. This is the way to act. This is the way to respond. And for us to take an opportunity to look back and observe now, like that environment and that upbringing, to start to notice and recognize where identities got created, where certain beliefs got formed, it's an opportunity for that awareness. Now let's go into a little bit more of a definition, an understanding of what Jim really means when he talks about identity. There was what's called the logical level created by Gregory Bateson. It's a psychological model created back in 1957 or so. And if everyone listening right now, you can just visually imagine this like a triangle. And at the bottom of the triangle, we're going to start with identity. Now, there is a deeper level, which we call source or whatever, but it's like a ladder. At the bottom of the triangle is what we call identity. And then you go one rung up, and then that's beliefs. And then one rung higher, and that's capabilities. One rung higher, and that's behavior. And then the final rung is environment, which our environments are external world around us. What we do, let's say New Year's resolutions. People say, for example, you know what? The New Year's rolling around. I'm going to get in shape this year. And James, what percentage of people do you think fall off track in the month one? I would say it's very high. Like, yeah, it's like 90% or yeah, something. That makes sense. But if somebody drew this triangle out for you and they went from, again, from identity to beliefs to capabilities to behavior to environment, like rungs on a ladder, what they try to do is they try to change their behavior. But their behavior is driven by their capabilities, their beliefs below that, and their identity. So no matter how many times or how much we try to change our behavior, if what we're trying to create in our behavior is not consistent with our identity, the behavior will not stick. I mean, it might last for a day or two. It might even last a month, but it will not stick. So we have to actually change what I call – you had actually mentioned the word mindset. I call it brain set because mm-hmm. this happens automatically in the brain, and we do what we are. So hopefully that model and that description gives you a better idea and understanding of what we're really talking about when we talk about identity, because this is something that's invisible to us in a lot of ways. It comes out in our language. We say things like, oh, I'm not a morning person, you know, or I'm a picky eater, you know, and we're kind of proclaiming our identities and who we are and what makes us unique all the time. But we almost say it from a standpoint of like, no, this is just who I am. There's nothing to change about that. That's just a fact. And and we almost give our power away to these things. It's like, wait a second. No, who we are is the person that creates who we are. We are the creator, the author, the storyteller, the artist that says, I am the I am that declares, decides, and commands that I am this thing that I am, which is, of course, what we always forget. We can remember at any time. And even as you're listening to this, what a powerful opportunity for your own self-reflection to look back and say, yeah, we can ask this question that Jim proposed in the episode of who is the being that created what I have? Look at your business, the sales, the money, who is the being that created this? Who was I being? How was I showing up to create what I created? And even in this moment, we could ask, who are you being as you listen to this? Because one of the things that's helped me, and I've done other episodes on this, is part of what I've established as my identity and, you know, repurposed or not repurposed, uh, reiterated or, or, or strengthened over time 
is that I am a voracious learner. I am a great learner. I love to learn. I am coachable. I am open. I am receptive. I am the student of life. I am always learning. And you may, in these moments, might have that opportunity right now to get present to that and to say, how have I even been showing up on a podcast like this or others? Are you showing up saying, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to invest in my, my growth and blah, blah, blah. So I press play on a podcast, but you've totally zoned out. <laughs> You're doing something else. You're not, and that's okay. There's no judgment. It's just an opportunity to look. Am I doing something else? Am I kind of going through the motions? Right? So who am I being? Or are you listening to this and you're listening to it through selective hearing? Oh yeah, that, I don't agree with that. Oh, that's true. Mm, I already knew this. Yep, totally. Yep, this resonates because this is what I already agree. That's not learning. Because people think that's learning, but what are you learning? If everything that comes in is something you already agree with, then it must be something you already know. And if you say, that's not true, I don't agree, I don't like that, that doesn't fit, then you're not learning anything. You're just reinforcing what you already know, but that's not learning. That's why I say I love the challenge that I'm a morning person or that I need to be up at a certain time or asleep by a certain time or I need a certain amount of hours of sleep. I mean, I've been going four hours of sleep. Tons of energy. Let's do this. You know, I'm not saying that's what I'm recommending (laughs) or anything, but to challenge everything allows me to learn. Because one of the things I learned early on from Don Javier, and it's so simple that people just won't value simplicity, is that you have to let go to let in. People say, no, 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 no. I want to let in first. I want to gain first. Then I'll let go. That's conditional and it shows no faith. It's like a metaphor for this would be relationships. You're in a relationship you're not happy with and you're like, I'll break up with them when I find someone new. People do that, that's nasty, right? You gotta let go of the old relationship that's no longer serving, it's served its purpose, it's no longer serving, to let in the new one. And what this is about, folks, is about letting go, shedding the old identities that do not serve where you're going. The problem is you're using your existing identity to determine and filter that which you should let go of and that which you should hold on to. Yeah, in a way, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? It's like you're screwed. If we screwed ourselves. That's why we titled this episode How to Free Yourself from Yourself. We have to acknowledge, even in a conversation like this, what we're talking about, we're even hearing, receiving, and trying to understand from the identity, the point of consciousness of where we've been and not necessarily where we want to be. And that's one of the funny things that keeps us stuck, if you will, right? Does that make sense? So in a moment, we're going to give, you know, Jim's strategy for that. And then you're going to hear what I've been able to do by following that. That allowed for 
tons of transformation. And that's the thing. That's what transformational work is. It's like you have to be willing to let go, to let in. Let go of who you think you are, how you've done things, how you think things are, and most people aren't. Being in this industry for a really long time, helping a lot of people, here's the hardest thing. I'm, I'm, we work with amazing people. And you know, if you're a member of the BBD community, you know we have extraordinary people in that community. It's just up to extraordinary things. But at the end of the day, by and large, it's a generalization. I understand that. Most people, when it comes down to it, don't want to change. That's hard. You know, they all want the end result. Oh, the money, the fame, and blah, 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 all that stuff. But it's hard work. And I'm not talking about 3D effort, or this hustle and grind nonsense. The hard work is taking a good, hard look in the mirror. And that's not easy. It's tough. And I say you're tougher, but most people don't want to change. Most people even listen to this don't really want to change. Maybe it has to get worse before you do. And so, you know, that's beautiful if it does, you know, because pain is a blessing. Pain will force us eventually to pay attention. And what can really help with this is this concept that changed everything for me in my life. And, 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 it's, and it's, you know, well, maybe you've known this, but then you forget it because you're meant to like forget it and then remember it. That Jim talks about, and I live my life this way, that life out there is a reflection of life in here. The world out there, what you call reality, is a reflection of your inner reality. And you could be like, I don't agree. It doesn't matter if you don't agree. Even science tells us that's the case. You've heard me talk about neuroscience. It tells us that your brain doesn't match your beliefs to fit your life. Right? Like, oh, those things happen in the world, therefore I believe this. No. Your brain matches your life out there to fit the pre-existing beliefs. We superimpose and project our beliefs, and that's what we see out in the world. And your identity is part of those. Like if you think people are bad, you will see the bad in everyone. You will interpret it as bad. So this is an important piece because this is everything. It's like if you're about to go out on a date or something, you'd look in the mirror. Do I have anything on my teeth? And the mirror would inform you if you did or you didn't, period. And if you saw that you had something in your teeth when you looked in the mirror, what would you do? You would not try and break the reflection. You wouldn't try and buy a new mirror. You wouldn't hide the mirror. No. You'd point back at yourself, get a toothpick or something, some floss, and you'd get the broccoli out of your teeth. And then you'd look back in the mirror and you go, oh, right? Well, what if... As a metaphor, we could look at our life the same way. You don't have to, but you can. Why would you not want to? Why would you want to give that power away to say that life is this thing happening to me that I have no power over? I'm just this helpless bag in the wind. You could do that, but that would be your belief that then gets created as your reality. So you could argue with me, all day long that I'm not right 
And it wouldn't matter because what you believe is going to be what you perceive. So if that's the case, why not choose to see it the way you want to see it? Because that's what you'll end up experiencing because life is this reflection of us. So let's hear it from Jim so we can hear his perspective on that. You know, yeah. James knows this other people don't. And James even had a conversation is my brother-in-law is a Yaki shaman. He's a spiritual master, some people would call. Other people would call him different things. But I've worked with him for 20 years, 21 years now. And these are things that are just universal cosmic principles that I've learned is that life is a reflection of us. Yeah. And I even posted a little line on Facebook last week. And it's just a simple sentence is that your life is an exact reflection of you. And that really sucks for a lot of us. But that is the truth. Your life and you look around outside of your life, it is a reflection of the being that you are, which is identity. Wow. And that is that's that is a tough pill to swallow, because if there (laughs) are things in your life that you don't like, there's a moment in time where if you keep going down this path, you're going to have to accept full responsibility for all of it. Yeah. Let me add something there. So what most people do is crap, I don't like my life. I don't like this. I don't like that. But again, I never go back to what we said earlier. Who am I the being who's created this? Where they go to automatically is let me go do more things. I'm not making enough money. Let me go do something. Let me go prospect. Not even going back one step further saying, but who is the person who created that lack of revenue in the first place? Mm. That's where we start. Another piece I wanted to add to this is uh, one, two, three, four, six. Six words, one sentence, so powerful, so powerful. You are where your attention is. Where are you placing your attention? We're not even like present, aware of where we place our attention throughout the day. We place it in our attention on bad, problem, uh uh-oh, fears, unwanted futures, what happened in the past, or are we placing our attention on the good, the present, what we want, what we're excited about, what we're here to do? That's up to you. Here's Jim speaking about that. I learned this from my brother-in-law 20 years ago, and it took me a lot of years to really understand this. And I won't mention his name here, but my brother-in-law, you've heard of Wayne Dyer before, right? Yes. And many people have. He's very famous when he's on the planet. Wayne Dyer once told me, I will go anywhere, anytime, any place to meet your brother-in-law because he constantly quotes my brother-in-law's work that was ghostwritten for him. Wow. Six words that will change your life. And you can apply these in any way that you want. But if you actually take and you ponder what I'm going to give you here, this will change your life. And the words are this, six words. You are where your attention is. You are where your attention is. Mm. Now, let's take that and make that practical. James, when people are broke, where is their attention? The lack of what they don't have. Right. And so therefore, they are where? Broke. Broke. People that are wealthy, where is their attention? Growth, abundance, money. Yeah, exactly. People that are overweight, where is their attention? Many times. Food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, are lying on the couch or eating Cheetos and Doritos and Ho-Hos and Ding Dongs yeah. and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. And drinking, you know, Coke, which has got eight teaspoons of sugar per soda or whatever. So if if you really get that, I know it's so easy that we hear things and we're like, hmm, that's really good. And we forget about it. You get that. People get that. You are where your attention is. And if you look at your external life, your external life is actually a reflection of your attention. Okay. And then lastly, I wanted to share Jim's very simple formula that you could start to use. You got to apply this. You got to do the work. You know, you can hire a personal trainer, but they can't do your push-ups for you. Right. So you're going to have to do the work. 
And let me share that clip with you right now, and then I'll share how I applied that to more than 3X our business. Okay, everyone write this down. I'm going to give you a formula right now that's taken me a long time to come up with. So people are always wondering, when I teach them self-hypnosis, which we can talk about, they're like, Jim, okay, so I can reprogram my unconscious mind with self-hypnosis, but what do I reprogram it with? And then people get very general. Here's what I want you to write down. Everyone, James, you'll you'll see what's in this. Mm -hmm. Who would I be? First part of the sentence. Who would I be? What would I do? And how would I feel? If I already had blank, Mm. who would I be? What would I do? How would I feel if I already had blank? Meaning who would I be? What would I do? How would I feel if I already made a million dollars a year? You work from that formula and that becomes like a laser guidance system to actually focus your attention because think, let's take this apart, James. So with you, you've gone from, as I understand, bartender, right? Years ago in your former life, so to speak, to now a very successful internet entrepreneur and and a mover and an influencer and everything else. Do you feel, do you think, and do you act like you did 10 years ago? No. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So you're actually being a different person today, right? Completely. Okay. You're actually doing different things today, right? Yes. You're actually feeling different things, which means you have something different. Okay. So people have to work from that formula. And our good buddy, Brandon said something that I thought he might've got from you or gotten from you is that most people, the reason most people fail in achieving their goals or creating change is most people work from where they are to where they want to be. And that's a backward strategy. You have to work from the strategy as if it's already done for you. So it's really simple, right? That who would I be? What would I do? How would I feel? When I started 20... 18, I think it was. All the years are blurring together now. (laughs) Yeah, wow. 2019. What I started was with a question of what does that $10 million a year digital CEO look like? What would I do? How would I feel? Who would I be? I ask that question all the time. Not from an insecure, you know, the thing is part of this that I want to add to this to deepen this conversation is you have to be okay living in the question living in the question. You have to be okay with, I don't know. That's not a bad thing that you don't know. You're not here to know everything. You're here to learn. You can't learn if you know everything. So live in the question. Be okay with the question. Be okay in the unknowing and the unfolding. And when you do that, you get into the receiving mode. So I began to live from this question of being the $10 million digital CEO. And little by little by little by little, what changed? Yeah, we could call it the identity. Absolutely. But what changed was not my actions, but something that preceded that. What really changed was my attention. You know, where your attention goes and energy flows. I started putting my attention in different areas of the business. This is so important. You know, for example, if you're just starting out, you're like, I got to focus on my business cards and my logo, my, you know, all the things that don't matter. (laughs) And then you spend a year doing all that stuff and you're like, none of that made me any money. It doesn't even matter. I know. But as I was asking that question, it was my energy change. I started focusing my attention and energy on other things. And I found that those things were more valuable in a way. They led to more results, if you will. And then that started creating a new identity. And I didn't have to go and 
you know, I do hypnosis and meditation and stuff all the time, but I didn't have to go be like, you know, hypnotized into this because I wasn't in any resistance about it. I wasn't freaking out about it. Most people are just so in their head and so conflicted with so much, but I'm not, but I'm not. And I look, but I'm not. And you're, you gotta get present to that. It's like, relax. Cause you gotta let go to let in. And so I already knew it was inevitable. I already knew we'd hit the 10 million, but I asked, what do I need to do differently? How do I need to show up differently? Where do I need to put my attention? What would it look like? How would my day look? How would I spend my time and energy? And what unfolded was magical. And I share this with my, I've never really shared this with most of my audience because I kind of reserve it for the seven figure entrepreneurs that are already at seven figures. This is a different level, you know, different level, different devil. It's just a different game, that's all. Was that my role was changing. You know, I was becoming more of the CEO. But what I called myself was the CEO mentor. And where my time started to go was more mentoring and coaching my A players on my team, attracting higher quality people and mentoring them to a higher level of performance. Because I realized if here's, and I didn't realize this before, so you might go, duh, James, that's so obvious, but I didn't realize that before, that here's somebody, let's say that gives on average 40 hours of work to the company every week. And if I spend an hour with that person every week, that affects their 40 hours every week. That's a one to 40 ratio, an hour of my time. And I didn't realize that from where I was operating. It wasn't until I began living in the question of a new identity and a new level that new clarity began to arise and to emerge. And I began to look at myself as the CEO mentor. And I started to realize, man, if I just focus more time on cultivating these people on my team, my coaches, my staff, all these people, then that's going to be the best use of my time. And then the actions changed. The decisions changed. The ways of thinking, thought, how I made decisions changed. And then we grew. But what did you do? But what did you do? What's the secret strategy, right? Goes back to those logical levels. Everyone's just focused on the doing. But your being is only as good as the doing, doing the doing. I changed from the inside first. And from that change, everything else changed. But if you keep doing what you've always done from the person you've always been, you're going to keep getting what you've always gotten. And what you've gotten is the mirror. Look in the mirror. So it's been really great. It's been a fantastic three years. It's kind of beautiful, fun little time to be looking back at this three-year anniversary of really starting to dive deeper into my own spiritual journey my own personal evolution, taking a deeper look at the transformational growth that awaits all of us. And that is a never-ending journey, my friends. That's the last piece I really want to part on you because I revisited this. There was more I heard when I re-listened to it. There's more for me to go and grow and continue. And if you ever come from a place that you have it all figured out, you're done. You know, people say things like, I guess I got a lot of work to do on myself. It's never ending, folks. It's never, I promise you, it's never ending. Oh, then why would I? 
If there's no end, why would I, why bother? Why would you not? It's my question back. Because every day is an opportunity for me to discover more about who I am, about what I'm capable of, and about what's possible. And the real question is, why would you not want to discover more about yourself every single day? Thanks so much for tuning in, hanging out with me. It's a little chitty chat. If you haven't listened to Jim's episode at least once in the past, or it's been three years, I invite you now to go listen to that episode in its entirety. He and I have both continued to grow ourselves and evolve in massive ways since then. We're on that journey. I hope you're on that journey. And if you are, I appreciate you letting me play this tiny, tiny little role in assisting you. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.